HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This series is brought to you by the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, an advocacy and action nonprofit created by and for restaurant workers. Hi, I'm Kiki Luya, and this is Shift Work by Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, a podcast bringing you the stories from the heart of the restaurant industry. Each week, I'll introduce you to leaders who are working to transform hospitality. You'll also hear from folks who are in the restaurant trenches to hear firsthand some of the challenges they face. This week, I'm talking to Christina Magro, a Chicago bartender and co-founder of Support Staff, an industry mental health nonprofit. But first, meet Brother Luck, chef and owner of Four by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I think that's one of the most important pieces is... Uh... We really just need to feel like we're not alone. Um, everybody's going through it. Some just hide it better. Prior to me going on Top Chef, I was I was dealing with a lot of of emotions and and you know dark mental states and and I didn't understand why and and that's what led me to um, seeking out a therapist I've been carrying so many things from my my childhood traumatic experiences that I've just I've shoved in a closet and I've closed the door and I've ignored for so long and I think when we ignore a problem it doesn't go away you you still have to deal with it it's still there I did have a lot of PTSD even though I ha- I'm not a soldier. I think that that was a, a big realization during that time. My biggest fear was going on television and getting put into an interview room and all of that coming out raw <laughs> on, on national television. The restaurant industry has been built on this, you know, machoism. You know, we've created this, 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 this image of the rock star chef and the lifestyle that comes with it and made that cool. And then TV glamorized that and it became the expectation. You know, when you look at the, the drug use, when you look at the alcohol addiction, when you look at the, the behaviors that are exhibited, a lot of it stems from living that lifestyle. We have to change that. There, there's no way we can continue to, to have a successful industry um, and build up, you know, the, the future of, 
of 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 leadership in in the restaurant industry if if we continue to promote that lifestyle it just it doesn't work Christina Magro is a veteran of Chicago's hospitality industry. Support Staff, the nonprofit organization she co-founded, is a community of hospitality professionals working alongside mental health professionals and community organizers to change the structures of the hospitality industry. Christina, thank you so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure um, to have you on Shift Work today. Um, and you know, you obviously represent support staff and you launched support staff with Laura Kelton and Moni Bunny back in fall of 2019, which, you know, was a totally different world, it seems. Um, at that time, though, what did you hope to accomplish? Uh, we had um, a lot of goals. So our um, initial goal for support staff um, was going to be a three-tiered system where we would focus the majority of our efforts on in-person training um, for the food and beverage industry, not only for hourly employees, though, but we were focusing on ownership and management because we believe that change comes from the top down. So that was a pillar of what we were trying to achieve was to be able to give not only employees, but employers and ownerships the tools to create um, more safe work environments and giving um, their staff the tools that they need to better discuss the mental health challenges that arise on a daily basis um, through working in the food and beverage industry. We also um, envisioned eventually having a space where we could offer um, resources to the community and also have like free group therapy sessions. We do um, recognize that mental health care could be seen um, as a luxury or also just a large expense that just cannot be afforded. So um, we really wanted to be intentional about how we fundraise and how we could allocate funds um, to that so we could help people who would like to um, seek therapy or maybe some other outside sources, but didn't have the financial means to do so. I'm sure, you know, we could both agree that the restaurant industry seemed to be this hotbed for mental health issues even before the pandemic. Is that correct? Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, it wasn't really talked about at all. And I think uh, in our industry, we have a lot of room of improvement. But um, before the pandemic, especially, uh, we were always taught to, you know, kind of keep your emotions at the door and and leave that stuff, you know, outside and not bring that into work. But when you're constantly um, public facing, it's, it's really hard sometimes to be able to do that on a daily basis without, um, you know, getting worn down mentally. So that that even existed uh, before the pandemic. But I think the pandemic also kind of shined a light on the dehumanization of it all as well, which can take its own toll mentally. From maybe like a guest perspective or the general public, what are some kind of conditions that compound um you know, these mental health issues that we're seeing in the industry. 
you know, I'm thinking like long hours, low pay, um, you know, things like that. Lack of support. So, you know, you don't have basic benefits. Um, so you don't have any like health insurance. Um, you have a irre- uh, an irregular schedule um, in the eyes of the majority of folks. Um, you don't get holidays off. You're expected to work extremely long hours. Um, it is a physical job. Um, and then you also, you know, are dealing with human beings and the public. So no day is the same. You are constantly um, and actively ducking and weaving um, through your shift, trying to um, make sure that you are taking better care of your guests than you usually are of yourselves because we are ingrained um, to be hospitable people. So like the irony of it all is these people are, you know, surrounded by food on a daily basis, but very rarely um, get to enjoy any of it. Um, so I think it it has a lot to do with always kind of putting on that that happy face and, and always being told by like employers that, you know, we're here to serve the guests and and uh, the guests is our number one priority, but also kind of sacrificing um, ourself and in the process. Christina, that's so powerful. I mean, when really put, I think, in like very basic terms that people can understand on either side is what hits for me is taking better care of guests than we do of ourselves. Do you think from when you started support staff back in 2019 to now, I mean, we talk about like the effects of the pandemic um, on restaurant workers, but how would you say the industry, our needs have changed or have they even changed from, you know, three years ago until until now? I don't think that our needs have changed, but I do think that we have had the opportunity, um, the forced opportunity of the quarantine to be able to sit and evaluate um, as an industry, as individuals, reprioritize um, the things that mean the most to us, right? Because it's really easy in this industry to get caught up in the rat race of just waking up, going to work, working the shift, going out, hanging out with your friends and doing it all over again. And then, you know, fast forward, you're five years in kind of still doing the same stuff, still working at this um, exponentially quick pace, um, And I think our needs have not changed, but I'm hoping as an industry that we refuse to tolerate what we did before. I hope that our demands for what we deserve as an industry have changed. I hope we have learned in this time that we need to be better advocates for ourselves because nobody is going to advocate for this industry as a whole, right? We saw that the past two years. So it's on us to not accept these terrible practices that we have accepted in the past, to not accept these low wages, to ask for basic necessities like health care um, and a live a livable wage and work-life balance and a quality of life and 
I no, I don't want to clope in. I shouldn't clope in. You should be able to staff properly and not put the weight of the business on the employee. Um, so I don't think that necessarily things have changed, but I'm hoping that our perspective and what we choose to accept has changed. Definitely. You know, I think when um, we were experiencing shutdowns, um, kind of at like the earlier part of the pandemic, um, and then restaurants were reopening at various capacities, right, but all limited. Um, I know that we've all heard a lot of horror stories from friends in the industry and probably, you know, just in the media about like bad customers who were, um, you know, getting pretty irate around masking policies and, um, you know, vaccination requirements, et cetera. And, you know, I've personally heard that some people from the industry, you know, friends of mine have left the industry for good because that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? But then, of course, there are people in the industry who, you know, returned um, and are having to deal with all kinds of different scenarios. Um, And of course, I'm, you know, that's taking a quite a a toll on their mental health. But I'm curious to hear like what you're hearing right now about, you know, where the restaurant climate is right now, how people are feeling being back to work, um, and are things starting to change for the better? Being in the food and beverage industry has always had its set of unique challenges or any, you know, customer facing job, you know, where you have the unknown variable of guests and what they may or may not say to you. But you also, you know, have this um, sense of entitlement that is happening now because everyone is now um, over the pandemic, over wearing masks and just want things to go back to quote unquote normal, right? Without considering the fact that like these people who are serving you your glass of wine, your bowl of pasta, so you can have a sense of normalcy are out here risking their lives to do so. So these people have to make a choice every day. Is this my livelihood or is it my health that I have to sacrifice? And the majority of the people are sacrificing their health in return to make a living. And then I have heard from so many people Um, You know, because I I am in charge of quite a few programs in Chicago now um, that the guest is just um, awful right now uh, because I think the lack of compassion and empathy to the people who are serving them um, is even lower than pre-pandemic. I think people's patience is quite low. Um, and I think, you know, it's, I think it's really on um, guests and people outside of the food and beverage industry to be better patrons and to be more um, compassionate to the people who are serving you and put yourself in their shoes and stop feeling like, you know, you deserve to be here because these people deserve to be treated like a human being. These people deserve respect. 
I know everybody is sick of the pandemic, but you also have to um, kind of be more aware of how you're treating people and also be more aware that everybody is struggling from something that you may or may not hear or see. So I think as a whole, as guests, as leaders, as ownership, as investors, um, we need to be more um, compassionate about what we are asking people to do in this time, how we can best support them, um, and how we can create better work environments as a whole. There's a culmination of things that have happened over the pandemic that has made this incredibly challenging industry even more challenging. But I think it's up to us um, to be better. It's incredibly well said, um, even just that, you know, kindness and compassion should be felt and given from both sides of the table, right? Um, I'm curious about whether or not you've you've seen um, or if you could speak to some of the additional challenges that might be felt for workers of color or, you know, LGBTQ um, folks. So I can only speak from personal experience and my partner um, happens to be black and he also um, does exactly what I do. And just uh, seeing how his experiences and the way that people treat him um, are wildly different from the way that people treat me and my experiences throughout this industry says a lot. Um, so I think it's really important for us to um, really look at our hiring practices. You have to make sure um, that you are reaching outside of the small circles that you may or may not have. I mean, I know in this industry, we tend to hire people that we know or friends of our friends or things like that. But I think it's really important that we start looking outside of these small circles, start investing in the next generation of hospitality folks, training these people and giving them the tools that they need to succeed. And we also need to hire people that don't look like us. It's very important to create spaces, especially in hospitality, where there are different points of view, mindsets, um, languages, things like that. I mean, the whole point of food and beverage is bringing people together through these things, right? We want to be um, staples in our community. You want people to gather and share ideas and things like that. And you can't really have any progress or change if everybody around you thinks the same way as you do. So it's important for us as people in management and hiring or people who are thinking about maybe one day being a manager, you really have to think about being the manager that you've always wanted, right? I also think it is important as, um, yeah, my dog Maxwell is, he's very excited to be involved with this podcast as well. But I think it's really important uh, as leaders and management and ownership that are, are trying to create these better, more equitable work environments that you give your management and other leaders tools to succeed, to be able to recognize um, these things 
and these situations to be able to be a better advocate and ally for these people. Because if you are a person of color, a queer, uh, queer person, or any sort of other in societal norms, it is exhausting to constantly have to be advocating for yourself. It would be nice for these situations to be recognizable for others as well, because you have to realize that these folks are constantly um, navigating this world psychologically in a way that somebody like myself can't even begin to imagine. So if you can take some of that pressure off of um, these, off of, you know, anybody who may feel uncomfortable by doing some work on your end, um, I think that's really important. And also, like, we, when you talk about mental health and you talk about anybody who comes from any immigrant family or person of color. I mean, this is a, a large uphill battle that we have to fight because of the stigmas associated with mental health and um, who can seek mental health and mental health help and you know how that's addressed within our communities um, because there also is a lot of shame involved with uh, mental health challenges and seeking help. So I think it's um, on us as just people as a whole. I also think it is important as um, talking about mental health in general. Definitely. Christina, you know, in addition to your nonprofit work, um, I think it's worth noting that you're opening two businesses, um, an Italian restaurant, a dive bar, um, and it's really refreshing to hear you know, you talk from an ownership perspective about, you know, encouraging safety and mental well-being in your own establishments. Um, and like you said, I think we should all be thinking about this. Um, and, you know, we've been talking a lot about the safety and, and mental well-being of others. I'm just curious, you know, with so much going on, um, you know, starting support staff back in 2019, um, a global pandemic that we are, you know, still living through. Tell me about some practices that are keeping you grounded. How are you um, staying sane through all of this? Ooh, great question. I found meditation during quarantine, and that's something that definitely um, has helped me a lot, um, just to be more mindful about what is going on in my body, because I feel like as a hospitality person, very rarely do we kind of stop and check in with ourselves. So that is something that um, I have has really changed uh, my well-being significantly. I also have an amazing therapist, um, my dog that wants to be on this podcast more than ever, um, really, you know, helps as well. Um, and uh, for me, I need some form of exercise to really help me creatively. Um, if I don't do that, then I find myself being quite stagnant. And um, me and uh, Moni, we have started pottery classes as well, which I highly recommend for anyone who likes to work with their hands. It's like a beautiful kind of form of meditation um, that I didn't really expect. 
one of my friends, um, Kamiko, who teaches a compassion course, she has taught me to be uh, 1% better every day. That's the goal. So we all know that we're not going to wake up and, you know, start working out if that's not what we do. But we can all take steps every day to be 1% better than we were the day before. That makes it feel so much more manageable. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, I, I I feel like we can all we can all do that. I can commit to one person a day. Um, also, I'm also team dog, team therapy. <laughs> so I uh, I'm surprised my dogs aren't going crazy in the background. But Maxwell certainly has a lot to say today and contribute, and um, I, I am appreciative. This series is brought to you by the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, an advocacy and action nonprofit created by and for restaurant workers. We are a nationwide community dedicated to making the restaurant industry more hospitable for everyone. By addressing quality of life issues that disproportionately affect restaurant workers, 40% of whom live on poverty level wages, we hope to strengthen the workforce and increase opportunity for advancement in the industry to more people. The restaurant industry is notorious for low wages, poor job mobility, high turnover, and burnout. But it doesn't have to be that way. Visit restaurantworkerscf.org to learn more about what we're doing to make change and join us. Welcome back to Shift Work. On this episode, we've been focusing on issues of mental health in the hospitality industry. We'll get back to my conversation with Christina Magro shortly. First, John DeBerry, RWCF's co-founder and board president, has some resources to share. Hi, I'm John DeBerry, co-founder and board president of Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. Did you know that there are peer support groups just for people in the restaurant industry, spaces both online and in person where workers can talk about their challenges or just listen? The Ben's Friends Network specializes in workers dealing with substance use disorders. There's also Chow, Herd, and Restaurant After Hours. Why the need? The restaurant industry has an abysmal record with mental health. A study by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration found that among 19 industries, restaurants rank highest for illicit drug use and third highest for heavy alcohol consumption. Another study showed that tip workers, servers, baristas, bartenders have a greater risk for depression, insomnia, and stress than back-of-house workers. And 73% of respondents to a survey by Chefs with Issues said they suffer from multiple mental health conditions, including depression, anxiety, and substance use disorders. Peer support groups are a powerful tool for taking out problems and understanding that you're not alone, no matter what you're struggling with. The possibility of hearing your story come out of somebody else's mouth really changes you, says John Hinman, founder of Chow. It starts to put a finger on the wound a little bit. Now, let's get back to Christina Magro, co-founder of Support Staff, with some rapid-fire questions. Christina, name one thing every restaurant in America could do to help workers' mental health. Give them one additional day off. What's one resource you recommend to owners who want to foster safety for workers? Create an anonymous suggestion box uh, where employees can um, offer suggestions or improvements that they would like to see. I think that that would go a long way for both the employer and the employee, like open up the lines of communication. It's a great suggestion. I like that. If you can name any nonprofit that you would love to collaborate with, what would it be? There is a nonprofit in Chicago here. It's called Coffee, Hip Hop, and Mental Health. Um, And I think our 
our ethos align. Tell me one story or one thing, and this is, I think this is a really important one, one story or thing that gives you hope. Because we just opened this Italian restaurant. Being able to interact with the staff, um, for me, that's that gives me the most hope is um, looking towards the future of this industry and what it can be um, and what we can achieve um, as an industry if we just work together. Um, I am very hopeful that we, um, this generation of hospitality folks, can really make a difference of what it means to be in this career and how do we make it a career and how do we make it a sustainable and um, equitable place to live, to live and work, you know? Definitely. Um, Final question is what are you most excited about for 2022? My first answer was for 20 to 21 to be over. Um, (laughs) Like everybody's like, oh, 2020. I'm like, no, 2021 was brutal. But I, what I'm looking forward most in 2022 is, I don't know, it sounds cheesy and maybe because it's just on my head, but like I'm looking forward to what we can achieve uh, with support staff um, in the next year because we started this all off with those like three pillar intentions that we talked about. And then, you know, going into the pandemic, we've had to switch up a lot. We went digital. We started a podcast. We did a lot of things that we didn't really expect. So I'm looking um, forward to 2022 because it feels like uh, we're moving into the direction of um, working towards all of the things that we did initially in those pillars with like the free counseling, um, to be able to supplement people's, uh, mental health things. So I'm just looking forward to, you know, what we can achieve next year, um, and, uh, how we can best like help the community around us. I love that. That, yes, all of the above to that. That's, I, you know, I think, um, I, too, am looking forward to 2021 ending. But the one really great thing that kind of came out of it was that, you know, I'm in Detroit, you're in Chicago, and we get to chat about all things restaurant industry together. Um, So, Christina, I just wanted to thank you so much for joining us on Shift Work today. It's been such a pleasure. And I also want to thank our special guest, Maxwell, who I think rounded out the conversation um, and, you know, reminded us to keep uh, loved ones close. Thank you for listening to Shift Work. To learn more about RWCF's work and donate to the cause, visit www.restaurantworkerscf.org. Thanks for joining us on the podcast and in the work as we bring you stories from the heart of the restaurant industry. Links to the organizations and resources mentioned in this episode can be found in our show notes. I'm your host, Kiki Luya. Our engineer is Liam Warner. And the show is produced by Hannah Forden and Caroline Hatchett. Shiftwork is produced in collaboration with Heritage Radio Network, America's pioneer food podcast network. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.